we're not recording, are we? I can stop recording and then start again. <laughs> I can edit. I can edit all this bit. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize that we were recording. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just seeing that it's recording. Fantastic. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> no, don't, don't, Mark. I, I wanted everything and anything from you. So I like, you know, I'm going to start recording. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fantastic. Fantastic. You've had a busy morning, right? Uh, not really. I mean, I've just been looking after after the boy this morning. Uh, did you have a consultant meeting just before this? No, it was cancelled. Oh, nice, nice. Um, because um, because of the junior doctor's induction. All oh, right. Okay. So your daddy daycare. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. I don't think you can call it daycare when it's your own child. I think it's called parenting. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the film uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, Daddy Daycare? Yeah, yeah, but when yeah, it's yeah. your own, when it's your own child, it's just called parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, thank you. Uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I I just love you, and and I'm so grateful that you've come to this humble abode. You know. Yep. Of, uh, oh, uh, well, I, to be honest, I, I mean, I, I was surprised that you asked me. You know, I didn't think Mark. I didn't think that I'm underplaying yourself. You know, I I remember. Uh, 2017 is when I started my training. Okay. Um, so I did the latter half. I started in August 2017, and then when I came to A&E, it was Feb 2018, and that's when I saw it. Okay. And I was like, you know, what what I was so impressed by you, Mark, was that uh, if I'm not wrong, you were the uh, clinical lead at that point. And, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. And then. I just love the fact that I mean, part of my French, but you know, it was just all kindness and no big dick energy. You know what I mean? And and it's 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 like you feel like you want to approach this man and you want to like talk to him and you want to like, uh, and it's not the you know the usual macho bravado EM Top Gun kind of thing that you can get from different people. I mean, and, yeah. and it, was so, it was very refreshing. Oh, I, I have to say that that's deliberate. Really? Yeah, that's deliberate. Yeah. You could uh, take your leather whip out at any point. Is what you're saying? No, no, no. It's um, it's it's um, one of those things. It's called it's called flattening the hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so actually, that comes from crew resource management. Um, so sometimes what they found in in in, pi, in two so there are two pl- pilots flying the plane and if there's right. a big gradient a big authority gradient between the um, between the pilots like one person's very senior yeah. one person's very junior um, and the senior person is making a mistake if there's a large authority gradient then the junior person doesn't feel like they have the uh, uh, the ability to speak up and say by the way you're about to crash this plane. So that approachability is actually deliberate, um, and it's a safety thing. So if if I'm about to to uh, you know make a, a dreadful mistake uh, about a patient, you would feel uh, uh, empowered to challenge me. So civility so, saves saves lives, that kind of. Thing. Well, 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 yes, civility is part of it, but actually, it's approachability as well. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, but but the authority graded the fact that you felt that um, that I was approachable is um, is deliberate, um, and it's something that we do in emergency medicine. 
um, uh, which is why most of the times uh, we um, introduce ourselves by our first name. Um, and that's part of breaking down the authority gradient. You know, I mean, and um, I, I'm sure it was, you know, for some people, like, it could be a moment in your life, but mm-hmm. in my life, it creates a picture and a ongoing picture of what I would like to be. And, uh, and, and, and I'm so grateful that, you know, there were really calm, nice leaders like you, uh, which inspires uh, us to just be nice and, you know, um, approachable and just make EM a nice place for your colleagues. And uh, it's, uh, it's already a challenging environment and you don't want, you don't want hotness happening on the shop floor with the patient and then hotness happening with the leadership. And it's, it's, I think a recipe for sickness and burnout. I guess. No, I, I think I think that's I think that's reflected in 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 um, in the leadership training that I was fortunate to have had um, relatively early um, before I started as a consultant. I had formal leadership training, and that's one of the things that you start doing when you have leadership training um, is is actually reflecting on what makes um, an effective leader um, um, and so it's uh, knowledge, skills and attitudes um, that makes the effective leader um, and actually it's more attitudes than knowledge and skills because actually if you have the right attitudes then you bring out the knowledge and skills of everybody in the room so so I, I think that that's um, uh, uh, a reflection of the training that I've been lucky enough to have gone through. How do you draw the fine line where you're approachable at, at the same time? It, you don't. People shouldn't like come and sit on your shoulder and piss on top of your head. Like, how do you draw that? Um, is it just you learn with? time and well I, well I think um, so it's one of those things uh, about um, uh, um, where you, you draw um, you, your power from so so there's a um, you know there's a good there's a good um, um, uh, there's a good paper about um, sources of power uh, um uh, uh, and the name of the person exp- <laughs> just though um, let me just uh, it's uh, uh, it sounds like something out of Lord of the Rings the source no of no power. it isn't no it isn't it isn't it's a it's a it's a the French and Raven um, um, basis of power um, so so uh, what what you what you you do is is you, you understand where your power is coming from now most people um, exercise their legitimate power because actually they're, a, you know, they're in a position of authority. So you exercise that because you're in that position of authority. But there are other other places that you can you can um, draw your power from. Um, some of that is actually so that there's reward power means that actually, so if you do something for me, I give you a gift, you know, something. And if you're in a position of authority. You might be, you know, in a position to give people promotions and that sort of stuff. 
Um, and then on the flip side of that is, you know, uh, the the coercive power means that actually if you're in a position of authority, then, you know, if somebody did something bad, then you're in a position to power them, uh, to punish them. So carrot you know. and stick. Yes, so so that's how that that works. But there are some sources of power that you can uh, you can do um, that you can have uh, that outside of those. Um, and some of that is ex- expertise, so expert power, meaning that I have knowledge and skills that um, that maybe other people don't have, and that's a source of power. So you don't necessarily have to be in charge to have that. So it's about the last sort of power um, uh, is uh, referent power, which is um, somebody's uh, perceived, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's about role modeling. So somebody wants to be like you. That That's actually, you know, that's actually quite good. That's the highest order, I think. Well, I mean, no, the thing about it is, is I suppose the thing about it is to understand these sources of power and understand which which ones you're using um so so i mean i think that that's um and and you know from the, the character you know character with spider-man you know yeah. yeah so with great power comes great responsibility, great responsibility. Yeah. yeah so when you're in a position of power you are you're responsible for your actions um, unfortunately, for 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 us, once you start becoming more senior, you disp- whether you have a position or not, um, you're in a position of power, on authority. You know, so you have to be mindful of everything. You know, so so that that's why. So so the thing about it is what you can do is you can you can um, put on a you know a mask when you go to work. And you know, and uh, sort of, you know, so the, be in work mode, and that's what a lot of people do. Is, uh, but, but if you're able to um, be yourself and still, um, uh, you know, be mindful of your environment and the effect that you have on people, then it it's much much more natural, uh, you know. So that's where the authenticity comes from. So actually, you know, I don't have to try to be somebody else. I'm just being myself, you know. So, so um, people follow authentic leaders, you know. So, so because I'm, you know, I'm, you know, most of the times I, I will just tell you what I think, you know. Um, you know, I'll tell you, uh, you know, but unfortunately, sometimes. You know, uh, being being on the spectrum means I might tell you what you what I think when you're not in re, you're not in the right frame of mind to hear it. <laughs> Mark, like whenever I mean, uh, whenever I've done any blunders, I mean, it's the way you say stuff, and you know, I feel like uh, not patronizing, but uh, but it, like very fatherly love, kind of like a older. Uh, 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 a mentor kind of feeling, and you feel like uh, you want to follow that. You know, no, no, that's, not, that's, that's also deliberate. You know, I mean, they, that, that's deliberate. I mean, because actually, you know, I think uh, it's about the energy you bring into the room. 
Yeah. So I remember I was, I was saying, you know, so so as you say, so emergency medicine is a tough specialty. Most of the times we're working in resource poor environments where behind the clock, um, for most things, people are having a bad day. All the patients are definitely having a bad day, you know. So so it's the energy that you bring into that room. Um, so you bring that that positive energy into the room. Um, and then that motivates everyone to give that extra 10%. Now, I, I think, to, to, to be honest, what people don't remember um, is the mistakes. People have a convenient memory, right? So they don't remember. Um, so they, they, because people see themselves in their minds as a po- in a positive light most times, you know, they don't remember when they've made mistakes. Or actually, to be honest, worse yet, um, they, they might not even be aware of them. You know, yeah. so uh, so everybody makes mistakes. So I think, um, you know, it, 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 it's it's not really, uh, it's it's how you, you treat people when, when they, you know, they make things wrong. No, nobody, you know, comes to work to do a bad job. Right, and everyone's trying their best to make the best out of a uh, out of their knowledge and skills and whatever. So, if you're a trainee or even a junior, less experienced, um, then you will make mistakes. Um, so one of the things that I, I, I a consultant told me is that you know those people who have um, more experience than you, you know, they 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 look smarter than you. Well, what you don't know is that they've made the same mistake 10 times and you've just made it just the first one, you know, so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's why they appear more smooth. Yes, so they they appear smarter than you. They, they, They look smarter than you and they are smarter than you because actually they've made the mistakes, you know, I mean, so, so one of the things that I laugh about is that, you know, you know, good judgment comes from experience. And experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> yeah, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. Yeah, it's actually so true. <laughs> so true. Uh, um, Mark, you know, I've been like I said, I've been fanboying your uh, LinkedIn massively, yeah. and I'm like, and I did say this on the shop floor uh, on your last on call, saying that I'm mean, just looking at the amount of stuff you've done. Oh. Don't get it the wrong way. Like, oh. I feel like a failure like just just the amount of stuff you've done i'm like how 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 i mean how do you even attain half of that like you know it's it's you've raised the standard so high yeah um just and and you're still like pursuing so much stuff you're doing your uh mba in project management and the drive is so 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 i think um I think it's it's one of those things that um, so the way I think about emergency medicine, I think about it at, at, at five levels. You know, so level one is about you and the patient, right? So it's just you and the patient. So you need to learn some knowledge and skills to treat the patient. You know, you take history, examination, whatever. You know, the treatment. Okay. Um, level two is coordinating resources around you to to manage multiple patients or uh, coordinating a team of people to resuscitate one patient. So like you're team leading, you know, or you're running the shop floor or something like that, right? And and that's what most people see about emergency medicine. They don't see the three levels above that, 
Right. So the the third level is when you're you know you're using knowledge and skills to build systems, um, you know, in your department. So you know, say a teaching program or whatever it is, you know, that sort of skills. Um, uh, whatever. So this is where you are talking about your management. So your quality improvement, that sort of stuff. So that so that's level level three. Uh, level four is doing that on a regional level. Or, or national level, and, and level five is obviously international level. Right. So, so at each at each level, um, you uh, are affecting the care of more patients for per, per hour spent working. You know, so yes. Yeah, so if you look at if you look at um, at each level for you to progress, you have to build knowledge, skills. Um, an experience, okay. So you start off at the, the lowest level and you head on into the higher levels. Yeah. So um, you know, I've been I've been fortunate. So if you think about uh, if you think about that and you think about you know um, what you want to achieve, or personally, I think about what I want to achieve. You know, then uh, you know it's it's actually in keeping with that. So so when you met me in 2018, I was just dipping my toe into the international level stuff. I was just get, getting up, you know, um, you know, I took an opportunity to go and work at, for a consulting firm um, and and trying to make a um, a difference in a different health system, which is you know it's, it's, it's amazing experience. You know, so it's so that, that, but that, but that's the sort of stuff that you know. So I'm, you know, yes, and and the thing about it is, is at every level, you have to think critically about what you, um, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what you need more knowledge in, what you need more skills in, you know, um, and as as you go up. You know, obviously, you 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 change your your attitude. So, so if you if you read a really good book, um, is Good to Great by Jim Collins, and and you know he talks about levels of leadership, um, and and the, so that the most successful leaders are the ones who have the, that ability to take people with them, and that's an attitude thing. So, but but yeah, I mean, uh, so I think uh, when you come when you come back to how much stuff that I've I've done, I think what I benefit from is having really good role models um, in my in my training. Um, you know, I I remember the first time my consult one of my consultant mentors. I mean, he's a professor. Um, he shared his CV with me, and I, <laughs> I had exactly the same feeling. <laughs> and, and I remember meeting him, you know, and saying, "How did you get all this stuff done?" And he's like, "Well, you know, you just work hard." <laughs> was it back? Was this back in Bristol, or was it? Yeah, yeah, this was back. This, this was back in Bristol. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, again, I met, I met him a couple of years ago. Um, you know, and he, I was like, "How do you still get all the get all this stuff done?" He was like, "Yeah, you just work hard." <laughs> <laughs> Same advice. Yeah. Uh, Mark, um, I'm just going to go back chronologically, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. All the way back to you're a young man. Yes. In uh, training, 
and yes. Trinidad and, yes, and Tobago. Yes. And uh, what what inspired you to do medicine? Oh yeah, well yeah. So I, so when I was um when I was in in high school um and I was thinking about what um I wanted to do at university. Um unfortunately what I wanted to do didn't exist yet. Um so <laughs> which was I wanted to do cybernetics. Um so how <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so right. so I I thought well okay well actually well uh, um it's probably on the human side that's that's the issue. I mean the the reason it isn't the the reason it isn't the machine side is probably on the human side that's the problem. So, you know, I needed so I probably needed to do medicine um to solve the problem of working with computers, you know, right. or machines, you know. So, um and and in a way that's actually exactly what I'm doing um now because um because I I'm doing informatics which is yeah. you know which is working with computers to um to improve cognitive power so yeah. so I've ended up getting to where I wanted to be but yeah. in a roundabout way uh, d- just to uh, interject um uh, what you were saying 1994 1993 I mean it's been yeah. about 3 years since I've been born not yes. not giving my age away yeah. uh, how cybernetics like there's not oh, even dial up there's not even dial up internet i think yeah well i think i think um, i my my parents probably so i i i learned to code before i went to high school um wow. so what so, yeah i mean commodore 64 man um you know wow. basic <laughs> so So yeah, I think it was So were your folks in computer stuff? No, no. No, they they just, you know, I I of course I I wanted so video games was a a, a big thing in the 80s, but my my parents decided after talking to the people in the shop that they were going to buy me they're going to buy us some computers. Um so so yeah, so I learned to code before before high school. And uh, you know, and I, so so uh, yeah i mean so it's a really good a really good question you know so in high school i um i had the decision to make about whether to do computer science or medicine um and i, I decided that i was going to do uh, medicine for work and computer science for fun i mean and that's <laughs> what you're doing kind of right like i mean at the moment yes yes Yeah so 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 yeah so so I'm yeah I I I code um and I've been coding since I was a child um I I, I but more importantly than actually knowing the code it's actually knowing the the flowchart so if you if you have a flowchart you can write it in whatever language so it's actually the logic so so the the, the science is actually knowing the log, the algorithm yeah you know so if you know the flowchart it doesn't matter what language you can just write it in any language um and in fact to be honest you don't even need to know code um and these days with like chat gpt what yeah. you 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 do is you you know you put in the algorithm and you can put in the algorithm and the computer will write the code for you um so but but the but the real thing is to actually know the algorithm um and you know so i mean an algorithm isn't anything fancy it's just a recipe 
um, to do something. It's a it's just a know, recipe, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so if you wanted to make a cup of tea, you get the things that you you need. You get a cup. You get <laughs> you get you get some hot water. Your tea bag. You know whatever. So it's you know it's a series of steps that you need to get from A to B. You know you use it all the time. You know it. We you know you drive. It's, that's an algorithm. Um, you, you know, and, and to be honest, when you think I about mean, it, you, you say it so simply, like I'm going to code tomorrow. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mark said it's like a cup of tea. Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 if you think about it, you know, so if you think about it, medicine is following an algorithm. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's it's algorithmic thinking. So you go in and you you know you take a history, you you know find a problem. You treat the problem. You know we have lots of guidelines, so the guidelines are all algorithms. You know, so 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 there's um, you know, so what we actually do as human is um, you know, comfort comfort the human being that's that's residing in the body that you're treating. Yeah, that's, that's a philosophical way of looking at it. Yeah. Yes, you know, so so you know, so so there is a human side to the the treatment. Um, um, but you know the medicine itself is all, you know, mostly science. You know, so that's why it's a science and an art. I mean, yeah. so so the art side of it is actually it's connecting with the human being that you are treating, and the science part of it is just algorithms. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I, mean it, I, I I I I couldn't agree more. I mean, you could be you could there there could be two clinicians who see is that your son yeah 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 <laughs> uh, you're right he can join if he wants <laughs> no he's fine you okay okay we are we're all right we're not we're not gonna be long it's fine yes we can play tennis on Wednesday Thursday yes <laughs> so cute so cute thank you um um yeah i mean I, i was saying that i i couldn't agree more regarding uh, your art and uh, science but because there could be two clinicians giving the exactly the same treatment mm. to similar patients and one could be rude and one could be just nice and and the patient who gets the treatment from the nice clinician yeah. comes out of the hospital both come out of the hospital but what comes one comes out happier and feels yeah, good about i mean the the thing about it is that um if you if you think about it every every human being is like i mean so like for example if you have six machines and they're all programmed running a a windows um operating system okay if you do exactly the same to each of them the result is going to be exactly the same however every human is unique um and you can't really understand them so it's like it's like working with a machine that you don't know the algorithm you don't know the operating system yeah <laughs> you know? and you and you have to fix it so so that that that's the bit, you know so so yeah okay look you know so not 90% of the time you you know that okay um you know so if you uh, have a disease you have a STEMI you know the treatment is x you know but actually 
you know, for that one patient, you don't really, you don't quite know. I mean, Sevy's Sevy is, is is probably a bad example because that's mechanical. Yeah. But but you know, say so probably the the more fuzzy things like like antidepressants, for example. Yeah. You know, somebody somebody's depressed and you chuck them a you know a SSRI at yeah. them. Who knows what is going to work and who knows what the effect is going to be the same in one person or the other. You know, so so you, you know, so it, that's where the art is. The art is is that you make a legitimate guess, um, yeah, you know, based on incomplete, you know, like <laughs> woefully yeah. incomplete data. Are you gut feeling? You know, yeah, no, no. I mean, you know, you, you're making the be- you're making your best judgment and woefully. Um, uh, bad data, and I, and I think that that's where the um, the you know that's where medicine is is getting to the point of um, of of being. We've come to the point where we cannot really practice safely without machines anymore, because the the volume of data that you need to process is actually outside. Um, what it is reasonable to expect a human being to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's so different from what it was 50 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. 50 years ago. I mean, no, no, I think, no, no, I think you can practice exactly like you, um, you did 50 years ago, but the results are going to be exactly like what you got 50 years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think I think how you how you process data and how quickly you can get answers. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like for example, e- e- even you know, even you know, at the start of my practice, you know, a patient came in last week, um, and you know, patient came in this week. Oh, oh, actually, ECG is probably the best example. You look at an ECG. Oh my God! First thing you do is you go into the computer system. You say, oh. Is this all or new? Yeah. Right. When I started practicing medicine, um, it, this didn't exist. You had to go in a store cupboard and look up the patient's notes. You know, sometimes that was stored off site. You know, so, um, you know, that, so yeah, so it, you know, you know, things that you would take for granted. Wow. You know, um, yeah, and look, you know, you can practice like that you can practice with no previous ECGs it's just that you, you just can, you can send someone <laughs> to go run get the paper ECG from yeah the yeah yeah oh, oh actually in, in most settings you know if you I mean, if you think about it we're practicing in a very um, unique we're, we're practicing in the first world you know pretty much every single emergency department that you've been to you know they were all ECGs you know However, if you, if you if you go and practice where the majority of emergency physicians are practicing the rest of the world, there ain't no ECGs. You know, you're lucky if you have an ECG machine. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you think statistically about where emergency physicians are practicing elsewhere in the world, you know, statistically we're in a great place. Right, I bet. You know, yeah. I mean. So if you think, so where we're in the one in the big five countries, so so the big five, you know, not so Canada, US, um, the UK, um, you know, um, and Australia, you know. So those are the the core core founders of the International Federation. So if you go to places, you know, like 
even places like you know Western Europe, emergency medicine isn't an established specialty. You know, so so you'd be see if you go with chest pain, you might see a cardiology, cardio cardiologist. You know, of, of course, cardiologists are good at telling you exactly what's wrong with your heart. <laughs> but, you know, so when you when you when you hammer, everything looks like nails. All your problems look like nails. You know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, you get very tunnel focused with your own specialty. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. pigeonhole your diagnosis. Yes. 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 Yeah. So yeah. So um, I think we got waylaid into this conversation. <laughs> I can't remember no, what so, you asked so, uh, me. No, no, thank you. I mean, I, I know we went into a tangent on this one. Uh, but just coming back into, so young Mark yes. gets into uh, medical school. And yes. then what, what what inspired you to come to the UK afterwards? Is it, uh, oh, yeah. Um, look, um, there was no postgraduate education um, in, in Trinidad. You right. know, so, so I had to leave. Um, I, and to be honest, uh, I was actually planning to go to the States. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, but before you go to the States, you had to sit your US MLEs. Um, yeah. And I, I sort of failed to realize that, that you, you had to do that. Um, and they, they were, you know, so because of the exchange rates, they were quite um, uh, expensive. Right. Um, uh, working as a as a doctor in, in Trinidad was is quite expensive to travel around and do these exams. Yeah. Um. So someone offered me a job in the UK, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good salary. Um, that's a quicker way for me to get my US MLEs done because I needed the cash." Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So you came to the UK. Yeah. To, to make money to, fund. to do US MLE. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, the, you know the pay was much better. Um, uh, uh, so I was like, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted, yeah. So I sort of wanted to do, you know, I wanted to do uh, trauma surgery um, uh, because that was the major thing that we we had. We had lots of penetrating trauma, um, uh, gunshots, knives. You know, um, you know, so so in a, in a place like Trinidad, uh, where there's less uh, public safety, uh, less regulations um, around uh, driving, um, uh, around alcohol, um, and things like that. At that time, the things that you saw in emergency departments were, were, were was gunshot stabbings. Yes. You know. Uh, yeah. San Fernando General Hospital. Where you yeah, 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 yeah. Did you did you work there further after your internship, or you? No, no. I knew that I needed to leave. So, so after my internship, I, I, um, I just, you know, I knew what I was doing. So I, because I started thinking about doing that roughly in my internship. So I was just like, yeah, okay, I need to leave. Um, so, so you kind of knew from the beginning that you wanted to do EM. No. Trauma surgery? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be a surgeon. Right. Because remember that time. Yeah, remember that time. At that time, the emergency medicine college didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm I'm so old that I'm a founding member. Wow. You know, so so yeah, so you had to do MRCS A and E from Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, because 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 MCAM didn't exist. And so then yeah. FRCM, did you convert it into FRCM later or was it exactly yeah, FRCM? Yeah, I think, yeah, so it started out being FCM and 
And it started off with being the Faculty of Emergency Medicine and then the College of Emergency Medicine and the Royal College of Emergency Medicine, but, but like those guys. So I actually did FCAM. We weren't a Royal College at that time, you know, but they, they said that, you know, we'll change all your qualifications to FR CAM because it's, a, you know, I pay my membership still. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, so... So, so, but no, um, I my last uh, um, rotation in Trinidad was uh, accident and emergency, and you know, so one of the things is that so emergency medicine is a reflection of your society. Okay, so whatever is going on in your society, you know, your patients will turn up in the emergency department. So, in a place like Trinidad, like as I say, there's you know. You know, the, the speed limit is a guideline as opposed to a limit. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it, it hasn't, you know, oddly enough, it hasn't become illegal to drink and drive not very long ago. Wow. You know, I mean, you can still, you know, on the way to the beach, you used to stop for beers. You, you know, pull up rum and driving. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, of course, you know, and attitudes uh, are like you know, uh, pe- people don't see it as, as as you know taking risk. People go, yeah, but what's wrong with you? I mean, I'm you know actually it's a macho thing. You know, if you can drive whilst you're drunk, that that means you're a better driver. <laughs> so, yeah, the more you drink and the more you can control, the more quote unquote capacity you have. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's. Wow. Um, yeah, it's so it's it's and and you see the result of that. You know, you see you see you see lots of road traffic accidents. You see lots of um, you know gunshot wounds. You see lots of stabbings. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, trauma surgery is the thing to do. Um, and then uh, and then I did emergency medicine in Western Europe, where there's which is the UK. You know, yeah. there's no there's no guns. You know, <laughs> it's more, it's more, yeah, uh, substance abuse, alcohol, uh, COPD. Well, actually, no. At the start of my career, there was a lot more. There was a lot more. I mean, because I, I did my, I did my early um, general professional training in in the west of Scotland. So there's a lot of interpersonal violence. There was, was a fair, um, fair Galloway. Yeah, 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 that, that, yeah. But but actually, Paisley, Paisley is <laughs> is is you know a, a town. In the la- I think it's the largest town in Scotland. It's quite rough. Um, it's, it's so you see lots of violence, um, like stabbings and stuff. Yeah, stabbings and stuff, and, and the occasional gunshot as well. I think. Wow. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, but but the vast majority of the diseases that came to the emergency department were medical. So emergency medicine was medical. It, I mean, it's become more medical than surgical. So a, a fair proportion of the people who um, did did emergency medicine twenty years ago started out in a surgical background. Um, you know, however. Um, a fair proportion of what you see now is medical, is medicine. Yeah. You know. So is that is that what uh, kind of made you uh, slightly change your tangent from being a surgeon into a ER yeah, yeah. physician? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, I think um, I did consider doing surgery still, um, but I thought 
you know, it was going to be a really good, good fun to learn to do surgery. But actually, I thought I would get bored practicing surgery. You know, you know. As in just doing, as in general, for example, an orthopedician. Yeah, doing, doing hips. hips and like, yeah, okay, this is my this is my five 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 thousand hip. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't imagine myself doing that for a living because I, I just it wouldn't be challenging for me. You know. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Mark, the big question is: Have you made uh-huh. enough money to do your US MLEs now? No, I'm joking. Well, I, oddly enough, once you, oddly enough, once you, uh, once you get past fellowship. So actually, I had a job offer. I, I had a job so, offer. So, for so, US. What, wait, not recently? Uh, at the end of my, so at the end of my, um, uh, uh, at the end, end of my registrar, registrar years. So when we started doing four-hour uh, targets, right? This is so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there was this, there was this professor of, of, of uh, emergency medicine who came over from the states um, to to work out how we managed to do uh, meet our four target, you know, and whether we were actually doing emergency medicine. So she followed me around for the day, um, and she offered me a job um, <laughs> in, in California. <laughs> so, you know, I think you know. So, so I. I you know, I, I'd already kind of decided I wanted to go to Stoke, um, and I'd already, <laughs> I'd already well, said that I was going to go. Um, but yeah, stay, uh, continue to stay in the UK. I mean, uh, was um, it the faff of then moving around to the US, or no? Well, I think I think you know. So so you know when you when you. When you get married and stuff, it's not just about you. It's yeah. it's it's about about other people. I mean, I, we've been very fortunate in that, you know, you know, our little jaunt to the Middle East. Um, uh, Natasha was able to to manage, um, you know, with her job and everything, uh, and by and the children were very young. So um, so yeah. So when when you when you have an extended family, your decisions are not just you're not. Just not just so you know you're not a free agent anymore so you you have to make your decisions uh you, so, so, should, so say you have to factor other things in your decisions than just your career yeah um right before i mean i want to really speak of the middle east thing because there's a lot of people on the um uh, on the em forum groups on facebook and yes different sites where uh, of course there's always this picture that grass is probably greener on the side so going to the UAE slash Australia and, and you have been there you have done that yeah. um, to the to the people who are aspiring or people who are not aspiring I mean what what other than the obvious financial uh, yeah. uh, uh, the, the greenery that you see uh, how was your experience I mean you clearly you were the big boss there you you were the clinical director in Intel Canada at Al-Qasimi Hospital and yeah. then uh, two years later you become the program director of the EM program there and yeah. so you've been there done it all you've seen everything so w- w- what's what what would if you had to tell me your experience slash your advice what would it be? Uh, yeah well I, I think you know I mean that job was very 
you know, that job was a, the right job for me. I mean, look, I've been getting offers to go to the Middle East for a long time. Um, you know, probably six, seven, eight years now. Um, and this job was the right job for me because it was working for a consultancy company. Right. right. And it, it, it fit the things that I wanted to do in my career. Right. So, so the money, I think the money was, uh, you, yes, the money was, was you got paid better than you did in the UK, but it wasn't the single factor that was, uh, that, that drove me to take the job. The, you know, I think it was the opportunity, um, to work in the, so I wanted to work in the private sector and I wanted to work in, in, in a project. Um, when I went there, actually, I hadn't planned on being in charge. Um, you know, I, I planned on just, uh, you know, enjoying enjoying myself, you know, having a bit of sun, spending a lot of time with the kids, yeah. you know, um, and and that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, um, the when I arrived, the, you know, the clinical director on, you know, decided it was time for her to leave. Um, and so the opportunity came up and I thought, well, do you know what? I've, I've got the knowledge and skills to do this, you know, and, and then COVID sort of happened. Um, and, and that turned out to be the, I was in the right place at the right time, um, with the right skills, uh, and pe- people around me. So, so we did very well in COVID, right. you know, um, uh, because we had all the resources that were necessary. Um, so, um so in terms of whether somebody is going to go across to the middle east or australia um i think what you really have to do is sit down and think about what you want from life and whether that's the right decision for you you know if you know if finances is your primary driver then you know and and that's what you've got it so so you've got to to monetize your skills right so if, if you if if you've got a you know a cct emergency medicine and and you find some place that's paying higher for your cct emergency medicine and you want to monetize it straightforward monetize your skills yeah then and you find a job that's paying higher you know um yeah fine um but but what i found really really uh, surprising was that people were expecting to get paid more and work the same, you know, hours. You work, you know, it's that that doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. You work, you work more hours. <laughs> so, like you said, you were you know, resident for the on calls. Oh yeah, yeah. You work night shifts. You yeah. You you were you were there, and, you know. So I went back to working night shifts. Um, I mean, that's what something which people don't. Many people don't know that you, as a consultant, you are there on the shop for for the night shifts, and you're there. Yeah, well, the... well, we were working in a resident, as a, in a sorry, a registrar capacity, because they were not registrars. So that's why we set up the tra- the training program. Um, and the plan was to make it like yeah, yeah, you know, the plan yeah, is yeah. definitely the plan is definitely the plan still is, you know. So when I left when I left there, they still had a plan to train their own consultants. Um, so that was part of setting up the, uh, the the residency program. So you set up certification, you set up the the people. It takes four years to train a resident, and then it takes you know five years to train a registrar. You know, yeah. so they're going to need consultant support for for a long time. 
um, yeah. and then so that that's what you're what that's what you're doing. You 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 are doing that, and and I think um, you know. So it isn't just you know you go in and you work as a consultant. You, you know, it kind of reminded me of when I started at Stoke, where you know you know I was the only candidate and there were eleven vacancies. You know, so, <laughs> you know, so. This, this is for the whole of uh, University Hospital of North Staffordshire at that point. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. County was, and uh, no, uh, no, Stoke. that was just Stoke. We, you know, we, they, the, they, there were there were there were six there were six of us when I started. You know, um, there were vacancies. You know, we didn't have enough. Um, so we would we were doing we were doing lots. Um, and that and that's reflected in my career. So if you look at my CV in terms of the the um, the non-clinical bits, there was lots to do. Uh, um, you know, and we just we just got on with it. We just basically we built lots of stuff. So so that that's why you know I had the skills from my management training, and then I went to a place that needed lots of development. So I started picking up projects, and you know. And you started sorting stuff, you um, know, Mark, like everybody else, of course. Uh, sorry. So, um, just to yeah, go back to loosely, the business. loosely loosely quote you on say okay, you, you uh, uh, we had this conversation when we saw when we met initially after you came, yeah. and you said, uh, I mean, because you're such a cybernetics punk, and you know, you love your IT stuff, and that's your you. You loved that IT bit, and when you came back, you said you were disap- kind of disappointed where the NHS was with IT and ultrasounds and stuff. Is that? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely, I'm disappointed um, because, well, I mean, the thing about it is we're we're way behind where we should be um, from a digitization point of view. There, if you look at the strategy documents, the the NHS five year five five year the long term plan. Um, there is a plan to digitize the NHS, um, and the the goal I date is for 2025. You know, so not long. I mean, I think the government has rightly realized that the way to make progress is to digitize the NHS and secondary care in particular. Um, primary care is re- reasonably well digitized. The secondary care is isn't. Um, so. Um, you know, so uh, so I think, and, and I think that the thing about emergency medicine and IT is that um, if you look at where all the IT development comes from, um, it's actually from outside of emergency medicine. So the the difficulty and is that you need people who can speak emergency medicine and who can speak computers. Um, to design the right systems for emergency physicians to use, because you know nobody really understands emergency medicines like emergency medicine is yeah. physicians, yeah. right? So that's why you end up with bad software. So you end up with bad software because other people are making decisions about you know um, you know. So that's like you building a product for somebody without even talking to them, asking them what they want. Yeah, you that's know, it's many times it's yeah. and yeah. it slows the whole thing down. Yes, it does. Yes, yes. So, so the way to drive efficiency is proper design, and then the the other thing is that we have, you know, hardware that's available to us that we didn't have before, um, and we also have things. You know, we have the people. Um, you guys are digital natives, so if if I handed you a, 
a, a computer, you'd be able to turn it on, you'd be able to log on, whatever, yeah. without any without any problems. I mean, so so I think um, so when you looked at so so when you look at you know there are some some people who you know wouldn't necessarily be able to send your text in your workforce. If a, if a significant proportion of your workforce are not digital natives, you will struggle. So now that we have, you know, pre, pre people who are digital natives, and then, you know, and so, and technology has come, you know, it's, it's come a long way from even, you know, I mean, I, I had a, a first generation iPhone um, you know, <laughs> so, you, so even was it 2008? A long time ago. It feels like a long time ago. It feels like. I yeah. Mean, all I can remember is Steve Jobs coming out in his, um, his yeah. black turtleneck, and you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so it's um, so uh, so touchscreens um, are, are, are in new. Um, um, so it's it's a, it's a combination of informatics and human um, machine uh, human machine interactions, you know. But it's the human bit that you have to build it for. It's not it's not it's not the machine. Is the and this is where the art of informatics is is understanding your colleagues, um, you know. And, but the vast majority of you know the vast majority of emergency physicians don't care. They just want to be able to go to work and do their job. With the, <laughs> with the, yeah. with yeah. the least amount of problems, you yeah. know, possible. Um, but but the thing about it is, if you don't have a background in IT, you don't necessarily know what's possible and what's science fiction. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. But Mark, I mean, I don't know anyone, any yeah. any. I mean, I don't know many people who can do coding and stuff. So, does the weight of the shoulders weight? On your no, shoulders, is if you think about you? if you think about a significant no, a significant proportion of the younger people can code. You know, clearly, clearly not in that much. Uh. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, uh, I think computer science is kind of like a core. It's core. It's core. But as I said, you know, it doesn't. You it doesn't need everybody to be able to code. You just need somebody who. Who can write it, and then I show it to you, and you go, and you go, yeah, that does work. For me. <laughs> you know, then you go back to the drawing board. But hopefully, we would have designed it, you know, well at the start. So, I mean, the most interesting people are the people who uh, are working for technology companies who are still practicing emergency medicine. Yeah. You know, that that that's where the, the you know the research and development. You know, um, uh, Mark, I mean. Um, clearly, if uh, your son wants you, and uh, Sorry, what? clearly your oh yes, yes, too much of your time. Your son <laughs> yes, did you, did would you like you to play tennis about... with you. Uh, yeah, did... uh, I, uh, I I just I mean, before I could conclude, I just wanted to get down to just Mark as a person and ask you any name, few things that makes you happy. Um. Well, I, you know, I still love um, in terms of in terms of uh, job. I still love my job. I still love seeing patients. I still love treating patients. Um, in terms of 
you know, sort of, I, I, I play video games, you know, that's what I did. Things haven't changed then. Uh, still into IET, still playing video games, still... No, I, I, I also play... And you haven't aged uh, since 2018, since I've seen you. Oh, so, uh, no, I, I, I play an instrument. Uh, so, so I, I play a guitar. So oh, you I, say you play guitar, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so when my son was born, I decided that, um, that this was going to be a musical household. Uh, uh, except the only problem was I didn't play. Now my my wife my wife is totally she's she's talented. She 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 played in a band, you know. And wow, that's <laughs> yeah, wow. cool. Not not like a rock band, but she played but in still, a band. That's I mean, cool, you know. Yeah. So so she's properly talented. So I, I imagine that the kid kids you know will have that talent. Um, you know. So I was like, I'm the I'm the the, the worst here. <laughs> so. So I, so I picked up a guitar when my son was born and I'm still playing five years later, you know, so the data shows that those people who who um, learn um, music because their, their um, parents took them to music lessons aren't playing, whereas the people who want to play are the ones who pick up the instrument and play. So I haven't, I haven't forced the boy into just, play. It's just come from... Yeah, I'm hoping to use referent referent Paul where he thinks that you know daddy's cool and he plays a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what 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 um uh, so you said play instruments? Yeah, video games. I I love I love music, live music. If if you know it doesn't really matter, live music will will any genre. No, it doesn't matter. You know, if it's noise, I mean, I've, I have got to that age where I start thinking, why is the music so loud? Um, <laughs> you know? Um, no, I, I love, I, I, look, I ski, I scuba dive, um, I, uh, you know, I, I play music. I, I could I easily fill my time with not working. <laughs> I, I read books, um, uh, I, you know. I, uh, so those are the those are the things that I I do. I, I love teaching, you know. So so oh, one of the things uh, yeah. I've seen that firsthand. So you know. So so yeah. So I think I've got to the I've got to the point now that actually I'm doing only the things that I love. Um, I'm working not uh, too much to feel that I'm working too much. Um, I think 50% is where, from a clinical point of view, is is exactly where I need to be. Um, I, I do a bit of teaching. Um, I, I'm doing what I love, which is still developing, still doing my IT stuff, still doing my MBA. Um, and I got time to, to spend with the kids, you know? So, so yeah, so that's why in general, I'm a happy person because but it, but it, it, it's I've, I've that was, that's deliberate. I built that. Mark, thank you. I mean, I I love you so much, and and and, and I'm so glad that I get to work with you, uh, and I'm so so grateful that you've spent time with me. Uh, yeah. For this, I and mean, uh, yeah, I feel uh, like I've gone on for ages. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to let you go, and then uh, and then yeah. and I'll, and I'll, I'll send you the link for this then. And yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, so it's good. always painful looking at, looking back at yourself, but uh, <laughs> but thank no. thank you, thank you for considering no, thank me. You. To I, mean, be, I mean, I could, I could sit here for 
you know, I could sit here for hours with a cup yeah, of tea. Yeah, I could probably and talk for hours well. And then make you, make you your coffee without sugar and, you know, we could just keep, keep jamming. <laughs> and, and Mark, we should jam with uh, instruments someday. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it'll be fun. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've never really played with any, anybody else, so that, that might be challenging. <laughs> no, Mark, if, you, if, you, if you're coming to, uh, uh, to Seabridge uh, and if you had spare time and if I'm in here, please come home for a cup of tea. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you very much. Mark, thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye.